0: Damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. We use heart attack, please. Managers on a major league baseball team! Don't make decisions! Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the (laughs) Treasury's bomb pro high? of the Major League Baseball Managers. we know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, be remiss if I didn't go right into... The little situation he had at the Palace in Auburn Hills with the Detroit Pistons and the Los Angeles Lakers. And you almost thought that we were talking about 1989, 1990, when both teams were relevant at the same time. You you got LeBron James. You got this guy named Isaiah Stewart, who I, I was just introduced to him because outside of yesterday, barely anybody knew who this person was. But... The reason that I want to start with this is because I think there's obviously a lot of tentacles growing from, from where you want to go with this. The Lakers ended up having an inspiring performance after this incident. So this could be what needed to happen to get this team back on track. Because like I have said before, and it's not like a lot of other people don't believe this, We're talking about the worst team money can buy right now. Worse than the 1992 New York Mets. Worse than any other assemblance of star talent that you could put together. There's there's a major issue going on here with the Los Angeles Lakers. This team has too much talent, too many potential and likely Hall of Famers all assembled together to be as bad as they are. To be 9-9. And I understand we're talking about 18 games, but... There's a possibility, there's a distinction that the Lakers could use this moment to actually boost them up and all of a sudden be a strong team, a contender in a Western Conference. I don't know. I'm not necessarily buying that, but I guess time will tell. If time goes by and all of a sudden we're talking about the Lakers as a legitimate contender, then perhaps we can go back to this particular game and this particular incident. But that's not why I opened with this. Prior to yesterday, nobody knew who Isaiah Stewart was. And it was good to actually read something. And if you want to go on Instagram and figure out Uh, exactly what it is that former NBA player Gilbert Arenas said uh, uh, to Isaiah Stewart and kind of as advice, you know, it's not really a wise thing to go after the king. And I'm not talking about the king as it applies to just being LeBron James. But for anybody in the history of the NBA that actively went at Michael Jordan, listen, the 1980s were different. We accepted a lot more in regards to violence and players getting into scuffles and being a lot more physical than we do in the National Basketball Association now. Obviously, there was violence. Larry Bird throwing elbows and haymakers. And obviously, you know about the, the 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 bad boys of the Detroit Pistons. And it's ironic that you're talking about the sight of the malice at the Palace with Ben Wallace and Ron Artest a handful of years ago. And it's the same site with Isaiah Stewart basically running uncouth like a maniac. Basically embarrassing himself and his team. Now listen, he got hit in the face. I get it. We've all been hit in the face. It hurts. There's nobody that's looking at a punch in the face as something that should be accepted. The way Isaiah Stewart allowed his emotions to get to him made him look a lot worse than LeBron James did. Now, listen, there's going to be the narrative. The anti-LeBron crowd It's going to come out in the full force. If you don't like LeBron James, you're going to follow every aspect of this from a negative standpoint and what you hate about LeBron and why this pisses you off. LeBron James gets blown up in a situation because of slow motion replay. You see the contact that's made with the player's face, which is something he shouldn't have done, which was something that he was ejected from the game from and for. And likely, I think he should be suspended because of his negligence. But did he actually throw a punch You're using the slow-motion replay to your advantage, just like you do in the National Football League. When you're criticizing the refs for bad calls, you have the benefit of watching a slow-motion replay. Now, the slow-motion replay helps you in the National Football League through instant replay, and the hope is through that process, the calls end up getting corrected. The incorrect calls are corrected on the field. The calls are the way that they should be. In the NBA... This happened so quickly. Obviously, you see the blood coming out of the guy's eye or, you know, right below his eye and his face. You looked at the replay and you saw a blatant, no, maybe not as blatant, but a blunt force from LeBron James. I don't think he was over there trying to punch him. It was a physical play coming off of a free throw, and he struck him. LeBron James struck Isaiah Stewart. And because of that, LeBron James was assessed a number two flagrant foul, a flagrant two foul and was ejected from the game. And probably because of that over the course of time, he will probably be suspended. I think it, it's in the best interest of the NBA to suspend them for the action. Now, was he throwing haymakers? What, did he intentionally enact violence on this man? The answer is no. And if you you have to understand, If you hate LeBron James, if it bothers you, his fame, his success, if all you keep thinking about is comparing him to Michael Jordan, if you want to do everything you can to put this guy down, you're going to look at this incident as another dark mark on LeBron James. And you really shouldn't do that. It's not the way it's supposed to be. We're talking about a physical game that has had a lot of physicality taken away from it. Do I think that he intentionally struck this man in the face with the intention to make him bleed? The answer is no. Now, was he negligent? Sure. You know, his closed fist should not come in contact with another player's face causing that type of reaction and that type of bleeding. So he should be held accountable for it. He was ejected from the game. And you know what? Once he was... He walked off the court. He conducted himself like the professional in that situation. And like I said, before yesterday, there were few people out there that even knew who the hell Isaiah Stewart was. You could talk about how he went to the University of Washington for a year. How he was drafted in the first round by the Portland Trailblazers. And traded from the Trailblazers to the Houston Rockets. And traded from the Houston Rockets to the Detroit Pistons. By the way, in two separate trades that both included Trevor Ariza going with him. Trevor Ariza went with him from Portland to Houston. And again with him from Houston to Detroit. That's all great. And Isaiah Stewart may have a fine future in the National Basketball Association. He may be a key cog. A key important player to the upstart Detroit Pistons but prior to yesterday very few people knew who the hell Isaiah Stewart was and for him to act like that unfortunately is going to be the reason that people know who Isaiah Stewart is and honestly I bet you and he may need a little time to cool down But as time goes by, he's going to look back at that moment and wish that he didn't act the way that he did. And he looked bad. He looked bad on many fronts. Yes, he's got the right to be upset if he's struck in the face and he's bleeding. But for him to act like that, using the players that are around him as kind of a defense field for him to run across the court like a maniac, he's going to regret doing that. That doesn't help his image. And by the way... LeBron James, the polarizing figure in this, the one that everybody knows about, you don't have to know anything about basketball to know who LeBron James is, is the one that outside of the negligence, which involved him striking this player in the face, conducted himself like the true professional that he is. And if, if this bothers you as a LeBron James hater, I don't know what to say. You know, you gotta keep matching them up and say, oh man, he's not Jordan. Well, Jordan playing in this NBA could have just been as good as Jordan is. But what's to say Michael Jordan spends his whole career in Detroit? With I mean, I'm sorry, and in Chicago with the salary cap the way it's constructed right now. I know it's easy because we think that the 90s were like five years ago and they're not. But you're talking about a different time in the NBA. And at some point, You have to not compare the apples to the oranges. LeBron James is the best player of this generation, hands down. Now, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, there's other palpable players in the NBA that deserve some consideration, but from the generation that LeBron James has been part of since the day he made his debut for the Cleveland Cavaliers after he was drafted number one overall out of high school, There's been no player that's on the level of LeBron James. And a lot of people want to compare him to the ghost of Christmas past. And because of that, you're going to have a negative point of view when it comes to judging LeBron from this story. Did he deserve to be ejected from the game? Absolutely. And you know what? With that comes some consequences. He was ejected from the second game that he ever was in his entire NBA career. Like I said, there should be repercussions. He should not have the right, whether it was intentional or unintentional, to strike another player in the face and cause the blood that he caused. You know, this guy's face is bleeding. He had five stitches or eight stitches, however the reports come out. But the bottom line is you're talking about a guy in LeBron James that outside of the negligence, which was the responsibility that he needs to take for his action... Handled himself and conducted himself like the professional that he is. And Isaiah Stewart, with all due respect, like I said, before yesterday, I didn't know who you were. You made an ass out of yourself. You absolutely embarrassed yourself. And as time goes by, you're going to look back and probably regret your actions at Auburn Hills in Detroit at the Palace on Sunday the 22nd, 21st day of November 2021. Number two, uh, in an NFL a, a slate of games where you saw probably not as much competition. Yes, the Green Bay-Minnesota game was really fun to watch. Even the Jets-Dolphins game, which obviously doesn't have playoff implications, but came down to the last couple minutes. There were a lot of disappointing games. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Chargers game was great, you know, all the way up until the end. But you had the the Titans, on an, an uninspired performance losing to the Houston Texans, which I probably could have called. You know, after beating all those solid teams over the course of weeks, I expected them to have a letdown. The game I want to focus on, though, is the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns. The Detroit Lions, winless in the NFL to this point. Uh, they did have a tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that obviously uh, you know, neither team was able to get through. No Big Ben for the Steelers. Gave the Lions a chance and they ended up coming out of the game with a tie. The Cleveland Browns expect themselves to be a playoff team. The Cleveland Browns have themselves in their mind an elite quarterback. A quarterback that they feel, at least for the temporary future of the next couple years, is gonna be under center for them. Baker Mayfield's playing for his next contract. He wants to get paid like Dak. He wants to get paid like Mahomes and Josh Allen and all the other top quarterbacks in the National Football League. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's got every right to want to feel that way. Because of that, he's putting himself on the field when he's not at his best. He's got the torn labrum in his shoulder. He's got a knee problem. He's got a foot problem. All of these are compromising this man's performance. What we need to understand is that there's a reason that Baker Mayfield is on the football field playing football every Sunday for the Cleveland Browns. It's not to give the team the best chance to win. It has everything to do with Baker Mayfield and his upcoming contract extension that he's seeking with the Cleveland Browns. And at some point, he's got to realize that he's compromised. He looked bad yesterday. He looked bad throwing the two interceptions and kind of being on the level of Tim Doyle, a former college quarterback that once threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions in college. Baker Mayfield and Tim Boyle should not be spoken in the same sentence. But if you watched the game yesterday, you probably couldn't tell Who was who? And Baker Mayfield may have a ton of reasons why. The shoulder, the knee, the foot. You could give him any excuse that you want. But if he's choosing to be on the field, if he's choosing to play football, if he's choosing to play a premium position and lead his team, which is expected to get to the postseason, he's got to be accountable for his performance, regardless of what it is. And you heard me talk about this when it came to James Harden playing in the playoffs last year for the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, he was compromised. Yes, he was injured. But he's responsible for his performance. Nobody's going to look back and say, hey, it's okay, James. We understand that you weren't at your best and you played horribly. You were hurt. And you played hurt. So you get a participation trophy. Because you played and you didn't sit out. Baker Mayfield's in the same category right now. Baker Mayfield has got to be held accountable for his performance on the football field. And the fact that he's injured, the fact that he's battling and nursing multiple separate injuries is not an excuse. If he's too hurt to play, maybe he shouldn't be playing in case Keenum should be under center. But you know why he's playing. He's playing for his next contract. And guess what? The situation in regards to his contract is not getting any better. Baker Mayfield's performance yesterday didn't get him any closer to a contract extension with the Cleveland Browns. It didn't get him any closer to the Cleveland Browns in regards to coming up to terms on what's going to be the next deal that's going to keep him under center with the Browns for years to come. In fact it probably put them more in pause. It probably put them more in a situation where they're going to go, hey, let's evaluate this a little more. Maybe no contract extension this year because Baker Mayfield's not showing anything right now. He throws two interceptions, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. If it's not for those guys on offense, the Browns maybe lose this game. And imagine that, to lose to, a like I said, a quarterback at Tim Boyle making his first start. You know, Listen, great story in his own right. Wasn't a great college quarterback. Remember, one touchdown, 13 interceptions, and he's playing in the National Football League. Good for him. I'm proud of Tim Boyle. I'm proud of the Tim Boyle story. But Baker Mayfield taking number one overall, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma. The Browns should have won this game easily, and Baker should have performed better. That's number two. Number three, the Yankees. You hear the discussion about how the Yankees may address their offseason, and you're really looking at two separate things right now in regards to the Yankees and their offseason. What the fans want and expect, and what actually is happening behind closed doors led by the owner of the Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner. Now. I'm not privy to any more information than you guys are. In fact, there's probably people that that are a lot closer to the Yankees' front office and may have a better understanding of exactly what they're thinking. I'll start out by saying I believe that the Yankees fully intend on putting the best team that they can on the field for next year. They're not bailing. They're not rebuilding. They're not knocking it down a little bit. But for the first time in the free agent history of the New York Yankees franchise, they're not backing up the Brinks truck. They're going to look to probably blow over the luxury tax threshold, but to not do so by committing themselves to contracts that are going to be seven, eight, nine, 10 years. They're not committing themselves to a $300 million contract for Carlos Correa or a $250 million contract for Corey Seager. They're going to look for shorter-term deals. They're going to look to identify themselves players that maybe they can control. That's why Matt Olson seems like a legitimate possibility for the Yankees. Marcus Simeon, maybe he's not looking for that long-term of a deal. Javier Baez. The fact that the Yankees are just going to go out there and do what they did in the 2008 offseason when they signed CC Sabathia and Mark Teixeira and A.J. Burnett, and in the preceding and succeeding years where it seemed like the Yankees were just going to add money on top of money, this is not the way this team operates anymore. And there's a lot of fans that have to look the Yankees in the eye and realize this. Now, I don't mean it's going to be a bad offseason for the Yankees. But I think they're going to continue to be creative just as they've been over the last five or so years. Yes, they committed themselves to Garrett Cole. And I think they will. They'll make a splash. I think a Seeger, or maybe not Correa because of the years and the amount of money he's going to command. I can see them getting a story or a Simeon. But the thought that the Yankees are just going to go out there and sign two, three players... Two plus million dollar contracts, I just don't see it. And if you follow the Yankees and their effort to get Justin Verlander for a year, I could see them adding a pitcher or two like that, pretty similar to the way they did with Corey Kluber last year. And it almost sounds sacrilegious to talk about this because you know we understand the Yankees and their philosophy. They're all in all the time, the expectations they're gonna go out there and win a World Series every year. Every year is World Series or bust for this team and for this franchise. Now, here's the issue. The Yankees are being run by Hal Steinbrenner, who is watching the Tampa Bay Rays succeed with a payroll that is so much considerably less than what the New York Yankees are doing. He's wondering from Brian Cashman and his staff, how come he doesn't have the things implemented successfully that the Tampa Bay Rays do to develop their own players? And he's got Brian Cashman worried. Brian Cashman is maybe one of the most pompous and arrogant dudes when it comes to dealing with other general managers, when it comes to him, his belief in the Yankee way. But I bet you, right now, he's scared. He realizes he doesn't have the deep pockets. The brinch truck isn't backing up for him to dish out whatever kind of money he wants for players and free agency. And guess what? This isn't something that just happened, dude. This is something that's been going on for a couple of years. The Yankees, yes, they expect to win every year. But have you noticed, really outside of the Garrett Cole signing, the Yankees haven't gone out there and totally blown through when it comes to signing a free agent or trading for a player and extending him over a long period of time. They've tried their ways with the Clint Frazier's. And you look at the shortstop situation where they may be looking for towards an Angelton Simmons for one year as opposed to go deep sea diving in when it comes to these free agent shortstops, the Seegers, the Correa's, the Baez's, the Stories, the Simeon's. I still find it a little amazing and will be shocked if the Yankees don't land one of these players. But at the same time, I think all options are open. And I think the Yankees are going to operate themselves as they have over the last couple of years. Like I said, for the exception of the Garrett Cole signing, it's not like they're going out there saying, here, take whatever money we want. I can see the Yankees making a commitment for one player for the next series of years. But I would bet the expectation is, by year three, that the Yankees will put themselves under the luxury tax threshold again. And of course... This is all contingent on what the next collective bargaining agreement is going to be. And there's going to be, from now until the first day of December, nine days, for teams to get their act together and bring what type of free agents they want in right now. Because you don't know how long this lockout is going to last. We're at a point right now where I think we're accepting the fact that baseball is going to lock it. The baseball is going to lock its players and a players association out on December 1st. The question is, are they going to be close enough to an agreement on a new CBA that there won't be a work stoppage coming into the season? Because you're talking about something that, Hey, maybe it's a couple weeks, maybe it's a month. And you know what? Even if it's a month goes into a new year, baseball has a new CBA free agency gets back going And then all of a sudden, you're ready for a baseball season to start on time. A month from now, we might be talking about the possibility of the baseball season not starting on time. But how does it apply to the Yankees? I don't think they're going to be extremely aggressive over the next nine days. I think they're going to throw numbers out there. They're going to have a plan, say, hey, you know, Marcus Simeon, they're going to talk to Trevor Story, even Corey Seager, Javier Baez. They'll throw around deals that they think are reasonable. But I don't don't know if they're going to go 250 to 300 on a player. And that is basically contrary to what we've seen in Major League Baseball with the Yankees for years upon years. In fact, since the advent of free agency, which came from the Peter Seitz decision of 1975, the Yankees got Catfish Hunter prior to that because of a non-payment by Oakland Athletics owner Charles Finley. Hunter was given free agency, and he signed with the Yankees. The Yankees have been at the cutting edge of free agency. So as we expect and we think of all the talent, whether it's the shortstops, whether you're talking about Freddie Freeman, you want to talk about Max Scherzer, Marcus Stroman, I don't think the Yankees are are stockpiling names to blow a bunch of money on these type of players anymore. And you know what? If it's proven to be right, you got this audio and you got this video of me saying that maybe the Yankees aren't the Yankees anymore. They want they want to be more like Tampa Bay now, because they're watching the Rays win their own division the last two years. With a payroll that is nowhere near what the Yankees are. And yes, the Rays are going to dump some more players. Kevin Kiermeyer's is probably getting traded. They're probably moving some other players off their roster. And guess what? Next year, they'll probably be okay. The Yankees are trying to find a way. Maybe through trades. Maybe through the developing of players. They're trying to figure out a different way than just emptying the truck when it comes to just giving money away and building a baseball team. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Pass Ball Show. A little quick recap of a couple minutes. We talked about LeBron James. And listen, LeBron is a polarizing figure. You're either going to like him or you're going to hate him. And if you don't like LeBron James, you're going to point to what happened last night in the Palace or yesterday afternoon in the Palace With Isaiah Stewart, and once again, prior to yesterday, nobody knew who the hell Isaiah Stewart was. And Isaiah Stewart was the one that embarrassed himself. Yes, it sucks to get hit. I didn't expect him to stand there and just say it was okay. But to basically look like a maniac, like he did on that court yesterday, only embarrassed himself. And Isaiah Stewart could go out there and have a great career with the Detroit Pistons. He could lead them to an NBA championship. He could be a Hall of Famer. But you know what? All people are going to remember is Isaiah Stewart acting like a maniac on the court after LeBron James hit him in the face. And once again, LeBron James hit him unintentionally. Now, was a physical play? Was it one that warranted him getting suspe- uh, possibly suspended? Yes. Should he have been thrown out of the game? Absolutely. But Isaiah Stewart was the one that looked like a fool yesterday at the Palace at Auburn Hills. Number two, Baker Mayfield. I compared Baker to James Harden in the playoffs for the Brooklyn Nets last year. James Harden was hurt. You want to give him a little bit of credit for being on the court, playing hurt as opposed to not playing? Well, he's still responsible for his performance on the court. So if he performs bad, you can't give him a participation trophy and say, great, good job, you gave it your all, great for you for being on the court. you're still held responsible for the way that you play and Baker Mayfield as hurt as he might be with the torn labrum with the knee with the foot played terribly last year against uh, yesterday against a bad Detroit Lions team and that doesn't do very much for Baker Mayfield as he's looking to get a new contract from the Cleveland Browns and let's be serious. You know, a game, a November game against the Lions at home. That's a game that Baker Mayfield would be sitting out if he wasn't playing for a contract. Baker should not have played yesterday. And the fact that he played means he's got to be held accountable for his performance, for his two interceptions, and for the fact that if you looked at him and Tim Boyle, the only difference between the two of them were the uniforms that they were wearing. Number three, I'd be worried about the Yankees spending ridiculously this offseason. I think Hal Steinbrenner has an exact idea of what he's looking for the team to spend. And long-term deals, seven, eight years, may very well be out of the question. And I think the Yankees are going to look at alternative ways to build a roster than just unloading a whole shitload of money on free agents. So keep that in mind. And if the Yankees don't have that type of offseason where you're talking about multi-$200 million contracts, remember that I'm the one that told you so. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Won five games and lost three games. The games they lost, they scored zero, one, and three runs in. Very good possibility to have Chris Pride was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. How come you're only looking at a certain amount of money that gets rewarded to a particular franchise as we hit the halfway point here in the pass ball show? Why don't you give it all or a majority to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. I'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. am not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. Do the dude, the there are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer and Bucky Harris. I- Side of the spectrum, they're on. Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and the ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if, if you were a fan of the team that was batting and the ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100% unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at Rose. They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. Do anything wrong in this situation? He took a pitch in the back. He got beaten for crying out loud. Thirty-five years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.